True mental toughness is the ability to keep taking action when all hope seems lost. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hey everybody, it's Deborah Kozowski, and welcome back to another Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring you guests that inspire, motivate, and educate you into taking inspired action. Today, I have Courtney Peacock, a business mentor, a stress coach who specializes in helping business owners set up sustainable structures so they can scale without stress. She resides in Portland, Oregon, and is up for adventure. She loves herbal tea, distance running, and traveling. Please welcome Courtney Peacock to the show. Well, hello Thank you so much for having me, Deborah. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And, you know, just reading your bio, you're, you're my kind of girl. Um, I am a tea addict, book addict. Nice. And uh, I probably haven't ran as many distance running that you have, but I do have a marathon under my belt. So I'm uh, nice. pretty excited to connect with other people who are active and coaching and, you know, making changes in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And, you know, there is so much going on in the world right now at any time, but even more pressure than ever. Um, being in Canada and just locally, you see a lot of businesses closing um, and mm -hmm. some businesses expanding at exponential rate. And I want to reinforce that with people. You know, people are creating their own economy and it's really exciting at the same time. And, you know, there is that sadness for those who, you know, have also lost jobs, but I have seen people jump into saying, okay, why is this happening for me versus to me? So I'd love for you to shed a little bit of light on the stress and how we can pivot. And I know that's yeah. a buzzword that some people don't want to hear anymore. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. what your take is on the situation. You know, it's so interesting because stress in itself is actually something that's better for you on a physical level if you shift your perspective. So there's all this research that shows that when you have a positive kind of challenge mindset around stress, like you can overcome this thing, it will make you stronger, you're going to build resilience. The chemicals in our bodies actually uh, release differently in order to build more physical resilience. Um, and I think it's the exact same way with business or hardship or like any other idea in our life. So it's a really wonderful metaphor for how you deal with stress is going to be kind of how you deal with anything that happens to you. So it's a really amazing foundation to lay, um, especially in times like right now that are so uncertain. And you know what I found, you know, I remember this phrase that we used when, when I was doing coach training and it was about having creative tension. Nothing changes until we have that tension that we take an elastic and we stretch it a little bit that what we're right. capable of until we're forced into the position. Right. Yeah. It's so crucial actually to see that. Um, and I think just knowing that even the guy that coined the term stress, he regretted it because he was like to not experience stress is to not be alive. So it's like such an 
integral part of who we are and how we grow that just having a better mindset around it and seeing it as that expansion can be really um, an incredible experience. So let's let's dive into what is some good stressors and what are some bad stressors? And I know that there's, again, like you said, perspective, but traditionally right. there used to be that scorecard. If you've experienced these certain stressors during a year, that would be, you know, insurmountable stress. Yet we see people bounce back at different rates, but I wanted you to address the difference between good stress and bad stress. So, you know, I kind of take the, the route of all stress being kind of what you make of it. So a lot of my clients struggle with basic um, foundational things that we need as human beings in order to feel safe. So it's like, they're not drinking enough water or they're not moving their body enough or they're not aware of the different things in their environment like really bright um, superficial lighting or the noises across the street from the construction kind of invading their space and causing stress all the time. Um, and so I wouldn't say that any stress is necessarily like can be categorized as good and bad. I think it's how you view it and how you handle it. So having like those basic health needs met every day lays the foundation for you to not have those alarm bells going off in your body all the time that something might be wrong. And then you're able to think more clearly when something happens to like, you know, your child gets hurt while you're working and you have to like run into the other room and, and help them. Or, um, you know, someone is, gets in a car accident on their way home, like these things that cause stress in our everyday life, if you're able to handle it with resilience and see that you are capable of getting through anything, then your body's gonna have a different reaction and that's where it becomes good or bad stress. So I hope that makes sense, but it's kind of like your approach to it literally changes the way that your physiology handles the stress and turns it into either more brain volume and resilience and like the capability to overcome obstacles again or this negative spike in cortisol, overwhelming feeling of not being capable and not being able to overcome those challenges again. So I can't stress it enough, um, like how important it is to see any kind of stress as an opportunity for resilience, if you're aware of it. So there's many stressors, you know, people will see mm -hmm. marriage or a birth of a baby as a stressor, right. yet it's a good event. They'll see a right. death of a loved one or a divorce as a bad event. Right. Yet it could also be, you know, the end of a grieving period, a end of a suffering. Mm -hmm. It could be right. just a new beginning. So it's just a matter of perspective, like you're saying. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's a lot of emotion that comes around that as well. And, Absolutely. you know, I often read articles about, you know, allowing yourself to feel the emotions. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to know, like when you work with your clients, because they talk about emotions being trapped in the body, you know, mm -hmm. if, if people don't take the time to release that. So I'm interested right. in, you know, how do you move your clients to be able to be in that feeling part? I know, you know, when we're talking about business and growing businesses and, and even in leadership, you know, the soft skill, of emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and being able to manage right. those emotions is often one of the hardest skills to master. Right. 
So I'm a big promoter of preemptive action. I think that a lot of um, the stuff that you learn about handling anxiety and stress is a little bit more focused on once you have that experience, then where's my toolbox? And I'm just going to grab those tools and deal with the problem that's already existed. So something I have my clients become really aware of is when those feelings are coming up, like handling them right then and like working on the um, perfectionism or the self-doubt or the overachiever or whatever part of their psyche kind of is stopping them from taking 15 minutes, you know, at their lunchtime to just be really real with themselves and allow themselves to feel whatever's coming up. Um, I also like live and breathe this. I just went through a breakup and I stopped everything for a week and didn't work. And like, just, I'm going to be vulnerable. I like couldn't get out of bed. I didn't eat very much, but I'm seeing now a month later, like I am, I've bounced back. So it's insane. Like my life is just getting much back more to normal. Um, and I feel very proud of myself in a way because it's like this resilience. I practice what I preach and it really does work. Um, and I think that there's so much merit in being human and allowing yourself to be human and allowing that healing to happen or that release, if it's a release that you need um, and just not allowing that tension to build because you're going to be stronger from it. And I just want people to kind of trust that the way that we're meant to experience things is probably better than um, hiding and avoiding and you know trying not to process the things that come up for you. Thank you for, you know, being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Cause I know it's, it's very challenging for people to share those difficult moments and mm -hmm. it is about humanity. It is a, and it is a reality of everyday right. life. And what I want right. to acknowledge is when we are able to share those stories and, you know, to acknowledge that time frame that it's taken. Right. And right. When it comes to stress, I think, you know, and I'm not just going to talk about stress alone. It's, and, and you can, sh if you're willing to go there, it's yeah. about, you kind of have this time of losing yourself. You get into a place of self doubt and wondering if you, you're trusting the decision you're about to make and I'm paralleling this to leadership and business owners as well is there could be things that are chaotic in your business or in your organization and you start doubting yourself you start not sure if you trust yourself enough to make the decision to know that it's the right decision and as coaches like courtney and myself what i have also seen is that when people are opening up and being able to see themselves start identifying the strengths that they once had and going back to the basics. Mm -hmm. It really makes a big difference because often they think they come with one agenda to talk about and we end up talking about so much more. But mm -hmm. uh, again, you know, the things that you did to get yourself to rebound, that's what right. I'm curious to learn about. Yeah. So, you know, I just am a big believer of, um, giving yourself space the way that you would give someone you love or that you care about. And 
So I'm constantly in my business kind of asking like, is this in line with my values? And is this something that I would support a friend or loved one in doing? And I realized when we broke up that I was not going to be present for my clients, uh, even if I tried to like work through it and hunker down and, you know, show up, it was like my brain was vacant and I wouldn't have been able to be present. So I made the decision to not work that week. And I just let myself be like, I let myself feel so deeply. I'm not sure. Cause this is the first time in my adult life that I didn't use alcohol in a time like that at all. Cause I'm sober now. So it was like the first time that I completely felt the, like all the pain of a heartache. And I actually think it was like this amazing cathartic experience because I was able to kind of pick back up having let all of that truly be processed and go. Um, and I, you know, I want to, I would have wanted to say like, I knew that I would work out and I knew that I would drink enough water and all these tools that I like had become so accustomed to, but a lot of them fell by the wayside. And a lot of them, I had to be kind to myself and say, you know, when you're feeling better, you'll be able to do those things. And I think that like at the core of so much of this stuff is just allowing yourself to be human. And I love that there's more of a push toward human-centered entrepreneurship. Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are very cognizant of the lifestyle they want to live more so maybe than the tangible success or monetary success. Most of them want both, which like, of course we do, but um, <laughs> I think that that's just a really cool thing to be a part of right now is that people are starting to care a little bit more about like, you know, none of my clients were upset when I was like, Hey, I need to take this week off. They were like, take care of yourself. Like, you know, we we'll be here next week. Everything's cool. And I just love that there's like this shift in thinking, I think on a major scale of caring more about humanity, um, in general, but also in business, which is really, really cool. Because the grace we give other people we want for ourselves. And right. what I, what I've seen is, you know, even there's times of needing to reschedule the podcast right. and, you know, I, I've had to ask, I had a family member pass away and I kept debating, do I run to, <laughs> run to uh, my parents' house to go record this so I could, you know, be both and stretch myself, but would I be fully present? And I think, you know, what you're sharing is, you know, that's so important in the work that we do and where we're sharing our gifts that we need to be completely present in supporting those we are giving those gifts to and right. helping them uncover what they need to do, the actions that they move into. So, right. you know, I want to commend you for that because a lot of people like myself, um, think of ways to stretch ourselves as much as we can. And, and it doesn't really serve anyone. Like you said, that vacancy, you know, that you have, you, you're not thinking clearly, you're not being able to be at your best. And I think, when we talk on the show here about mindset, we, we talk about people being their best, best version of themselves, showing up fully, being present and being able to help with that strategy. And, and it's really comes down to judging. Are you going to judge yourself? Are you going to shame right. yourself? Are you going to put yourself in a place of guilt? Right. Yeah. And that's such a, 
an important conversation too, because you have to take quite a few steps, you know, to get out of that headspace and to actually practice like radical compassion with yourself. It's not easy. And that's a term I just recently learned more about was this radical compassion. And for mm -hmm. those of you listening or watching us here on YouTube, you know, radical compassion is really about really digging down and being able to offer yourself the compassion that you need right. and also give it to others. And I also would love to know what your definition is because everybody will have a different de definition, Courtney. So, um, but my experience with that is truly giving yourself the same as what you're going to give to other people. Absolutely. I think that's a great perspective to have. I think just benevolence, like a general, um, it doesn't have to be like this aggressive compassion. You know, I think that the term radical compassion can kind of sound like, are you always being like, I love my but I'm great, blah, blah, blah. But I think sometimes it's important to remember that it can be just this like underlying lining acceptance. Like I think that acceptance of yourself is really powerful. Um, and having like the uh, foresight, I guess, to see that, you know, all of these things that we do in our life are, it's all gonna be okay. So like just having a general acceptance of like, it's gonna be okay, you're fine, you know? You know, when, when I think of decision-making, I, you know, whether it be personal and I, we're going to talk about work-life harmony, you know, when mm -hmm. we're making decisions, it, it's ultimately, it reminds me of the proverb of the Chinese farmer. And I don't remember it all off by heart, but basically it, it's this short little verse about this farmer who has a son who, you know, gets injured, doesn't have to go to the army and then he doesn't have to go to the army but something else happens and people keep asking him you're so lucky you're so that you're so this and he goes maybe yes maybe no so with any decision people are going to be able to say yeah that was a good decision or a bad decision depending on who is making the decision and they have to live with whatever the results are of right. that decision. So it doesn't necessarily one person might look at it and say, you know what, that's the greatest thing she ever did. Right. Another person might look at it and say, what the heck was she thinking? You know, <laughs> yeah. but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about, are you aligned with your core values? Right. Absolutely. Are, do you have peace in your heart knowing that, you know, you're going to walk into the next decision? you know, and right. feel confident with it. And ultimately, I think that's what it comes down to. Definitely. Yeah. So tell, tell me about how, and tell our listeners how work-life balance can be actually achievable for the business owner. So I like to use the, the word harmony just because I've worked with a lot of business owners and I think that it's it can be almost dismissive to assume that entrepreneurs could have true balance because of our nature. I think that like you are living and breathing your business. So it's very hard to like have these, you know, it's five o'clock, I'm going to shift to my life and then this is my work and it has to be balanced. I think like having more of a, a harmony because everything's so mixed. Um, but I think one of the best ways 
to start doing this is to take systems and structure very seriously. Um, that's how I got into this was I started as a life coach and then kept having people come to me for business mentorship and stretch coaching within that. And what I found was for most entrepreneurs that I was helping, the systems and structure were missing because they were so good at what they did and so passionate about what they did that setting up the systems and structure just felt like this um, huge chore and caused more stress to think about doing it than actually just taking the time to do it. So I do a lot of like implementation now, like handholding kind of to make sure that that's happening behind their business. And what's really great is that when you do that, it gives you the confidence and uh, makes you feel more capable in order to scale or grow your business. So it's really a win-win. It kind of like hits that imposter syndrome in the, you know, gets rid of it. And then also helps you feel more calm and less stress and have more time in your life for the things that you really enjoy doing. Um, I also think that a lot of work around priorities and what deserves your attention and your time can be really important. Um, I had one client recently actually who was constantly beating herself up because she would be spending time with her kids. Um, but you know, like the mailman would drop off some mail and it would be a piece of business mail and she'd see it and she'd immediately switch to work. Um, and so the balance was really off because she, you know, had set aside this time to be with her kids, but, but then something would happen out of her control that would put her back in that work headspace. So we developed um, a little more boundary setting in her life around um, like staying committed to those boundaries of time. And I think that that can be a wonderful practice when it comes to work-life balance is just having really strong intentions with how you spend your energy and keeping your boundaries um, very tight. <laughs> you know, Courtney, I, I've heard a lot of people talk when it comes to time management, and, and I like how you alluded to this, is it's often about energy management. Yes. Can you tell I me think how it's you so much help them focus on that? Yeah, so um, I actually learned this in a life coaching certification and the way that they broke it down was so amazing because it's really, we all have the same amount of time in the day. So to focus too much on time management is doing yourself a disservice because the only way that you can really like expand time is to focus on your energy. Um, when you're working at a deficit, it's going, everything's going to take you more time. <laughs> it's going to feel like, you know, way more stressful. Um, so focusing on those things like getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, they're so basic and so like simple, but they're not easy, can really have um, an amazing effect on how much work you get done and how productive you are and how like fulfilled you feel in your day. Because when you're able to go from working really hard, like we do as entrepreneurs, to doing the things that you love outside of work, whether it's spending time with your family or a hobby, um, you get more fulfillment out of the exact same number of hours in the day. So energy management, um, it's just like this kind of magic way to expand the time that we all have um, instead of focusing too much on like, I wish I had more time. It's, it's a really great practice. You know, and then, you know, as you were talking about that, it made me think about introverts and, and extroverts and where do you get your energy from? Right. Totally. Yeah. I'm a, I'm very introverted actually, but I'm like a, I don't even know how to describe it. When I am around people, I get energy from them and love being social, but then I'm very drained afterwards. So I have to like 
reset alone. Um, and I know, you know, I have friends who like get super drained if they're alone all the time. So I think understanding that about yourself and also understanding um, how you get your energy as far as movement is concerned is very important. So a lot of us will be sitting all day and kind of feel this drain set in and we think it's because we're tired or that we don't have any more energy anymore, but it's actually because we've been sitting for so long that your body kind of tells you like, oh, she must not need very much energy. She's just sitting. So it kind of shuts down those signals. Um, so sometimes getting up and like, you know, dancing or stretching or doing these short movements throughout your day can really kickstart that energy for you. And it's really about paying attention to when you need to shift your energy or increase your energy. What is it that you know does that for you? Right. Yeah, paying attention to that is huge and really learning how to kind of listen to the signals your body gives you. So when you're helping people, you know, build in some sustainable structure in their business for that long term gain, because, you know, entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster. And when right. I think of roller coasters, I'm like, there is no structure around that, baby. It's like we're going for the ride. And how do we build a structure around us to feel safe and mm -hmm. you know, make those decisions and have the harmony and get the results that we want? And I know you alluded to some of this, you know, with the processes. But when it comes mm -hmm. to setting some of those processes in place, how do you take people through? Like, what is your type of system of doing that? So my system is actually a pretty holistic look at their business. So I do a big audit of their what systems they have in place or they don't. Usually it's that we have to build them out. Um, but just getting a really good idea of what's causing the stress for them, what is, you know, making them feel like they don't have a really common thing is like, I don't have control over my day. Um, they feel like they could be getting so much more done or they're not really staying on task. Um, entrepreneurs are notorious for being overly hard on themselves. So typically, you know, it's like you're doing more than you think you are. But um, how can we make this, you know, feel like you're validated for everything you're getting done? And so I'm a huge promoter of looking at data constantly in your business, whether that's from the way that you set up your to-do list. Um, I kind of tell everybody like stop using to-do lists and start using um, much smaller focus points. So like having just three items a day. I actually haven't read that book yet, but I know that there's a book that's supposed to be really good about like the big three, I think they call it. But just really dialing in on like what will actually move the needle forward um, just gives you so much data to be able to look back, you know, if you track that for two weeks and these things don't get done, then you're like, oh, I could probably delegate this. It's not very important. So just always looking at everything kind of like a game, um, I think makes it more fun for people to do, to be able to take the emotion out of just structuring their business. Because I think that sometimes people get overwhelmed, um, especially because I work with a lot of creatives. So like my photography clients, they just want to be for they just want to be taking pictures and they want to be editing their photos and they want to be around people and creating um so they hear the word strategy and they're like they think it's this huge thing like it's really complicated and um so i that's one of my favorite things that i do is just breaking down how simple all of these processes can actually be um but just making sure that they're in place and they're easy to update and stay up with so that you have data and so that you can remove the emotion and then just run your business um, really smoothly. Having some things on automation, you know, 
Um, when yeah. I think of photographers and I just think I recently did an assessment and, you know, it talks about being a creator and <laughs> with that is a visionary. So when I think when you refer to creatives, it makes me think of that. And we're definitely starters yeah. and we have a vision and we need a whole lot of other people to help us sometimes yes. finish some projects. I know um, totally. based on the assessment, I had this other part of me that finishes. So that is fortunate, but not <laughs> all have that. Right. So right. it's a right. matter of we need to build in who needs to be part of that team for that sustainability. And I love how you talked about delegation, because I think as an entrepreneur myself, I think what we like to do is we're doing it all. And right. I don't know if we necessarily like to do it initially, but we know that it help, it's helpful to know what we don't know yeah. as much as possible before we delegate it to people. And right. then there's that level of control because it's your baby, right? Right, totally. And I think too, something that's so beautiful about processes and data is that I've gotten a lot of my clients to hire people because of tracking time and being like this task you know, you thought it would take 30 minutes and then it really took you an hour and what's your hourly rate and what could you hire someone to do this for? And like, just having the data in front of them, they're like, oh, I need to just hire someone to do this. Like, It, it makes so much sense instead of, you know, knowing like, well, I got it done and I can do this and I can continue to do this. I just think data can be a really great way to kind of push entrepreneurs in the right decision of um, accepting help. <laughs> And I think, Courtney, what you're doing is you're also getting people to play where their genius is right. Right? Right. versus doing all this stuff that like would take hours, you know, right. and when you play in your genius, everything's light, everything's flowing mm -hmm. and you get so much more accomplished. Yeah. And the energy that you put out, you know, is it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love hearing about, you know, how you get people to shift their mindset, you know, especially when we have the work of Carol Dweck, you know, we hear mm -hmm. about, you know, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset and uh, what it takes for people to shift. Cause it's not always easy for people right. to look at one mindset and say, it's a challenge. I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going there. How do you, right move into helping them shift that perspective to seeing that there is a potential for success. So I'm always a coach that loves to help people understand exactly why things are the way they are. Um, so I've taught from that book many times. Her book is amazing, but just helping people see that we were taught this fixed mindset from a young age and allowing them to connect the dots of you know, maybe they have a memory of being in math class and actually being told that they weren't good at something. And then they're able to kind of see like, oh, this was a construct and a conditioning almost. Um, and then the next step that I have people go through is remembering things that they're good at can be really powerful. So times where they didn't know something and they were able to work hard and become really good at it. Maybe it wasn't easy at first. Recalling those experiences helps give people tangible evidence that they can do it again um, which I think is really important because kind of throwing someone like a bone to a positive mindset and just being like, hey, think this way can be really difficult. So you do have to take people through a pretty, um, in, you know, immersive process of helping them be like, oh, this is something that I can change and I have control over with time.
Yeah, exposing them to new ideas, definitely. Yeah. So as we were talking about books, what is one book that has made a significant impact in your life? You know, so many. I read all the time. Um, Traction is probably my favorite business book. It completely changed everything for me. I teach from it a lot. Um, and I'm actually awesome reading book. It's a wonderful book. Um, I'm reading B right now by Jessica Zweig. And I had never heard of her until my friend recommended this book about two weeks ago. And she's a marketing expert. And I've read so many marketing books. I can't even tell you how much money I've invested in marketing. <laughs> and uh, this book is really, really incredible. So I, I highly recommend it. And what's it called again? B, just B-E period. Um, and it's a personal branding book. Wow. Okay. I'll have to check it out and we'll have to get you to send it to me and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so one final question for you before we uh, start wrapping it up here is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Oh, that's a good question. I think just living every day in a cloak of gratitude while you're standing in your truth and really showing up in line with your values and creating the life that you imagine for yourself and taking that seriously and knowing that you are capable of that if you show up daily as your authentic self I think that's that's what I would say key words showing up daily yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what would be one um, last piece of advice you would love to leave with our listeners and our viewers Show up daily. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think just allow yourself to be human through all of this because I, um, I won't make this too long, but I worked in a retirement home for a long time as a young adult and people don't regret the things that they tried and failed at. So just keep going and keep doing the thing that you believe in and that you want to do. And if you do that, like you will be satisfied in your life. I can almost guarantee it. So just keep showing up, show up daily. <laughs> I love it. Show up daily, everyone. And you know, you will be able to navigate the stress of the world. And uh, yeah. thank you so much, Courtney. How can people stay in touch with you? So I'm on Instagram at Courtney Peacock underscore. Um, and then my website is wearepinecone.com. Maybe you can put that in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, and I have some free resources on there if anyone is looking for systems and stress management. Excellent. Thank you for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show, Courtney. Ladies and gentlemen, Courtney Peacock, you know, you're going to have to go back and replay this, take some notes, especially if you're driving at the time and listening to this or you're working out at the gym or wherever you are, please take a snapshot of where you're, where you're at or just of that you're listening to our episode, post it in your stories. I'll ha be happy to share it. Um, in the stories and we'll tag Courtney as well so that we know what is the biggest nugget that you're taking away from today's interview. I also want you to go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where you can get your three-part video course of making habits stick right now before I change things up of course and you know rate subscribe hit the bell if you're watching us on YouTube so you don't miss a single episode. As Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. On behalf of Courtney and myself, 
go out and make today great.